You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Nicholas Galanin. Nicholas, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you. Nicholas, we're talking on May 8th in 2022. Your show just opened at uh, Peter Bloom. I just want to congratulate you on, on you on that show. You just had the opening yesterday. So before I start going into everything on this, um, yeah, how do you feel about the show and the opening? Because that was just yesterday. I feel good. You know, I haven't been back in New York for two years, so excited to share the new work. Uh, grateful to, to be here now. And then, um, yeah, like I said, it's 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 been, it's been, uh, the work's been happening, even though I haven't necessarily been working on it in this scale, I suppose. I've come out of a few larger scale projects recently, so it feels good to be back in this space and conversation. So let's talk about that space, and perhaps we could talk about some of those, those larger projects too, but to, but to jump right into your work, um, I'd love to talk about Loom to begin with, um, which is a, a beautiful piece that has a lot of different elements. Um, and it, it, can you talk a little bit about that? It's, a, it's a, like a stack of children's desks with a, with a wingspan and, 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 and relates to so many things your, your work is about. But I found that a particularly powerful piece. Can you tell yeah, me a sure. little bit the, about that? That work is, uh, I mean, for me, it's a heavy piece. It's a... Uh, the conversation in that piece is about the history of our communities, forced assimilation, uh, residential school, um, the removal of our children from from our homes and families, um, the removal of our visual language, our objects, our land. I think it's. I feel like it's all tied up in that work in a lot of different ways. Um, loom could be a reference to a few things. It could be something looming, um, which I would refer to as that history. Um, a loom can also be a place. Um, you know, if you're thinking about weavers and and the work that's held in weaving. Um, a lot of that work's held in our totemic forms as well. So, like the totemic form of that piece is a reference to what was being removed purposefully at that time. Um, you know, our, our totem poles hold stories; they hold history. Um, they can be political. We've created shame poles that, you know, will stand until debt is prepaid. Um, well, let's talk about that too, because yeah, that that that's sort of debt. Because we're also talking about education, right? I mean, this is about certainly. We're, I mean, uh, even uh, this, so, this this lineage of education goes. You know, the history of it starts at boarding schools, and in a lot of ways, the violence of it, and it continues today still as we enter institutions and we're required to hang up our identity at the door. Um. The it, you know, in a lot of ways, it continues. So, and and how does it continue? So, talk about that that lineage because this is this is also we're talking about you know your your work, of course, but this also has an activist nature. This is about 
raising awareness and change and and some sure a lot of a lot of, and, and a lot of these histories are not spoken a lot of them aren't shared a lot of them are actively purposefully erased um so being able to surface and in through work allows for the conversation to continue and be held you know without having to be there every day for it too in a sense because it's it can be you know it's heavy work sometimes it's, it can be uh, exhausting it could be the 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 work will continue that in a sense so um in in those desks uh carved and scratched in with number two pencils are um our abstract visual language from our community that was also removed at that time. Um, so it's, you know, a lot, I feel like a lot of this, the pieces in this show are time-based, time-based conversations that happen across uh, generations. So, Well, let's talk about that abstract visual language, right? That, that, you know, has a number of layers because you're and on one level, you're, you're helping that language to survive and it's also uh, about the kind of visual and social literacy for the audience, right? The audience is also potentially understanding and being re-exposed and thus a language is, is, is living again. Is, is that not too much of a stress? I mean, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a continuum. So it's, it's uh, you know, I was trained in, in, in that, from my community, to master apprenticeship roles of education, I suppose, and I continue that work still. Um, but I understand how how that work is uh, removed from us, fetishized, collected. Um, how it's um, Exchange um, and it weaves in and out of that throughout this whole show. Like a, a lot of these different conversations and pieces engage and connect, reconnect along along different points. I think so. You know, I feel like everything's connected. Well, let's talk about that connection. You know, um, because there's an, another piece that I. That I really loved was was World Clock, and it, it seemed to me it really differed from the others, which which I loved. I loved all of them, but but World Clock to me seems the most the most abstract. We're we're talking about um, uh, the future, you know. We're talking about the idea of when Manhattan is is kind of returned to to its you know. Um, Yes. Right, right, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, that feels kind of about everything, and it and it's, feels also almost impossible to wrap your mind around this. And, and, um, and a gorgeous piece, like poetic piece, but I, I, I spent a lot of time with it because, and thought about it afterwards because it seemed like there's almost a, um, I don't know quite a, how to describe it, but almost a feeling of, um, 
of kind of the divine in that somehow or, 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 or sacredness for lack of a better word. But, but that seemed like a very unusual language. And of course, a language I, I understand to, to some extent with the art world, but you're using it in a, in a very different way there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, you know, the idea of world, the idea of one time or one clock, you know, can mean a lot of different things. So I think, um, this work is time-based. It's going to grow. It's volumetric. It's, um, it allows it, it allows for things that might seem impossible um, depending on your understanding of history and time you know I think I feel like we the continuum of creating that I come from is a conversation of a space that's been in relationship to something for 15,000 plus years, you know, of understanding um, the thinking of the colonial histories and violence of space. America is 246 years old. Empire, average empire age is 250 years. Um, we're, you know, our relationship continues regardless of these things. It's deeper than a government. It's deeper than understanding of a um, generation right now. And I feel like that work, you know, sits with some of that. So I like that. Yeah, so every, that's so every, powerful. So every, yeah. So every, Every day, the New York Times, media, headlines, people's, you know, uh, things that fill those spaces um, and those conversations and those narratives, which oftentimes is not our, our communities and our histories and these, these, these stories, um, stack. They show up. They stack. And um, another interesting part of that work to me is that, you know, what happens when somebody's subscribing to something and they're not home? You know, those newspapers build. Um, but these, these, um, this will continue until they align, right? That's the, the intention of the work. So. so when these things align, because to, just to be clear about this, and though they're, they're there's links in here so that the listeners can see images of all this. This is a, you know, a modern print on the wall of a New York Times headline that says, you know, Manhattan has been returned to the Lenape. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, Lenape. Lenape, and and so I these stacks of, news, of of newspapers in front of it that are that, that are growing. You're saying the the effect is is what it has. Like you're saying, people collect them. They collect when they're not home, but it also has an image a feeling of hoarding, right? These stacks could be huge. Sure. These stacks could fill up the gallery room. You know, it has that, that, that sense. Yeah. And it can obscure the, it can obscure the print itself, right? Like over time. So if they stack high enough. 
And, and so to, to, to just talk about the reality of that, how would this be installed? Let's say it's in a museum or a collection. I mean, we'll see. It, it, it can be. Uh, we'll see. We'll see when it gets to sit in a space for six months or something. We'll see over time how it, how it grows. So, uh, I mean, there's, there's not direct, clear instruction of put them here, place them here type thing. So some of that could be open. Yeah. But that's very interesting. That's different than any other piece in the show in that sense, right? I mean, this one really... It is, It is. yeah, in a way. You know, it engages... Um, that's some caretaking that needs that is required with that piece that's going to be different than others, right? And some maintenance and, you know... Well, it means we it's, have, ca- it's caretaking and an installation, but it's also about something that's that, that, that's futuristic and abstract and a, and a, and a dream that, that's also activist, but it's... It's less. Um, it feels less a less a kind of critique to me, and more of um, uh, you know something that's that's a vision. It's envisioning. It? Yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to be able to. I mean, we all have to be able to do that, right? Like to call and envision certain things into into uh, tomorrow. So. Um, yeah, I think absolutely. that's really important. And uh, one one wall of work that I also wanted to talk about was the um, the baskets. It is flowing through it, right? Um, yeah, Anak Ya Nadine. Yeah, it flows through it. Yeah, uh, tell me so a little bit about that. Yeah, the especially that word. I feel like everything in the show right now, they, you know, things cross over in conversations in different ways. And um, for me, that's like uh, the reference. It's a reference to a few things. So those, you know, those could be characters or bodies or people. Um, it's a reference to criminalization of our communities. Um, so maybe like a police lineup or, you know, it's also a reference to the um, institutions that hold our objects that were um, oftentimes, you know, stolen from our communities and placed into museum archive. If you spend time in those spaces and look, you know, <clears throat> visit, your, you know, your ancestors uh, and the work of that, you'll, you'll come across, you know, hordes of shelves, of baskets, or, of, you know, museological, anthropological organization of um, our objects that have stories and hold things, or else they, you know, they do, um, that, or maybe they're just utilitarian. Uh, so this work is a reference to that. It's a reference to the criminalization of us in general. If I were to go return those objects and bring them home the way they got into that same space, I would be, you know, criminalized. I would be dealing with um, those repercussions in, in the systems today. Our existence on land is criminalized. Um whether it's, you know, simple things like 
when you can or when you can't feed your family through subsistence um, or where we can be. Um, it's a reference to that. So uh, it flows through it. The title, Anakia Nadine, is, again, I, I talk about some of these works as time-based and generational conversations. Uh, rendering those baskets uh, in a form where you're, you know, you're cutting, they're, they're being cut. So those to look as if they're, you know, ski masks or baklavas, something to maybe conceal one's identity if they were to partake in any of these normal existing forms of survival that are now criminalized. Uh, they, you know, things move through the basket now that maybe they were meant to contain. So, but also uh, reference to water and how over time uh, water can wear away even, you know, like stone foundations. Um, and to me, that's what that understanding is. So, and a lot of these stone foundations were built on indigenous land, so yeah, that's that's um, that's clear, and and I, you know, and very powerful, really. I mean, the whole show for me was a kind of a you know a powerful meditation on so many things that that I know so little about, and that are that are such painful stories, and um, and your, your your background, of course, is in the arts. You've been in multiple biennials and all over the world, and at the at the same time, you've also had these apprenticeships that you've you talked a little bit about earlier, but but there are apprenticeships on a number of different levels that that allows you to kind of um, bridge worlds conceptually and and in terms of materials, right? This this specific relationship of 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 apprentice. Yeah, for sure. I I don't separate those worlds, but. Um... You know, it's not. Well, so, I mean, it's not the kind of thing you'd learn at, at an art school, right? You're, you're, yeah, you're, you can't. Yeah, you're, you're in your community, and you're bringing something that, that typically artists don't often bring to, you know, exhibitions, and that's, mm-hmm. and that's a, uh, it seems again, it's that's a, that's a specific language, right? But it's, but it, it's, it's not a language that's just being, like, taught. This is. Um, uh, I don't know if tradition is the right word, but you're you're specifically working with um, with mentors or masters. Yeah, I feel like it's understood. Like connection is understood, and it's uh, it's something that you gain through time, teachings, connection, um, process, or relationship to you know not just that history, but to land. So. And, and, you know, in, in the, in the exhibitions that you've, that you've been having, um, in, in including this one, um, at Peter Bloom, what, what is the, what is the kind of conversation that you see resulting? Because you're bringing something to, to the world. You're sharing something. You're, you're beginning a conversation that, we don't hear much of, and um, 
you know, or I don't hear much of, certainly, and I don't see a lot of in, in galleries and, and even in biennials. Um, so how is, that, how is that for you? What are you seeing in terms of that conversation, right? There's, I'm, I'm sure you're seeing a, a whole variety of reactions, but, but how does sure, how yeah, is that, I think how is that I think like For me, it's necessary. It's like, uh, it's not only necessary, but it's also responsibility. Um, and for me, I've learned that, you know, coming from a place or a space where our voices are purposefully, actively erased or removed, um, I've had to learn to utilize something that I've understood is, you know, our work historically is powerful. Our work is all of these things. And this is, you know, this is just an extension of that. It's an extension of that now. And, and um, it's a, it's a, it's a, I call it like creative sovereignty, but also it's a place where I do have, you know, I do, I, I, I can sh- share these things and they will, um, you know, give voice to that. So I like that idea. And I, I mean, of, of creative sovereignty and, 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 and right, this gives voice to those ideas and that voice creates, um, a conversation is is that also what you mean by creative sovereignty? Sure, yeah, for sure, it is. But it's also, you know, you have to understand that um, a lot of a lot of the like, if we go back to like the historical language of this cultural work, a lot of that has been. Uh, consumed, romanticized into stereotype. Um, it's been literally placed in boxes, literally into institutions. It's been homogenized through um, anthropology. Um, so to continue it now for me in free, way, free form, almost to stay a step or two ahead, always as survival because even our even that work has been consumed by capitalism or cultural economy or um by again stereotype so creative sovereignty in a sense of that is you know a reminder that we it comes from us and and um we get to, you know, we get to say what it is, when it is, I suppose. So there's a lot of authenticity that is placed upon our communities based on whether or not it matches romanticized purity-based ideas of pre-colonial contact, et cetera. And um, I feel like a lot of this work... my practice in general, you know, demonstrates differently. Well, thank you, uh, Nicholas, for for talking about this with me, and thanks for doing this show. I I, um, encourage all who 
we'll hear this to go see it and, and of course there's more information here but I I also want to ask you one last question what are you reading at the moment a question I ask everybody and, and I'm always curious about um, I've been actually I've been listening to a, a, a lot of my work that I do in the studio is um, you know it's like 10 month long projects let's say carving a canoe or whatever um, so, and I exhaust myself from music <laughs> doing that you know as a musician too I suppose I don't there's, there's times where I'm like I can't listen to any I can't listen to music right now so I'll, I'll go through moments and modes of you know devouring audiobooks well while doing that work. So I, so I love, I love that. I love, um, being able to meditate with my hands and my work, um, while doing that. Um, so things that I've been listening to, uh, lately, braiding sweet grass is a really beautiful, beautiful book. Um, by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Kimmer. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, it's been great talking with you today. Again, wish you well for the show, and I wish everyone who's listening goes to see the show if you're listening to this um, in 2022 in May and uh, or April. And um, again, thanks, thanks so much, Nicholas. I, I wish you well. Thank you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.